0: Unleashed. This is episode 10, our 10th episode. I have um, hopefully just a, I don't know, I, I always think it's going to be a quick podcast, but then it ends up not being so super quick. But I imagine it'll be about a half hour, so we'll see how well I do at sticking to it. But I wanted to give you some updates. I want to share an email with you and then um, give you the opportunity to get in touch with me and and... That's the main overarching goal for today, but I'm going to hit on some topics about what it's like to realize you're going through some significant spiritual growth and how that feels sometimes. And then also talk about repentance. I'm also going to talk about a little bit about our identity and our identity as Christians, and then, two, just some thoughts about uh, fruit of the spirit, um, some thoughts about community, and a kind of an interesting message that I heard that <clears throat> kind of even today made me, I've started thinking about it in a whole different way, so I'm going to share that. And I might share this really weird thing that I that happens to me with the Holy Spirit. Um, so if I can get through a lot of this stuff and not hold you guys up for too long, I'm going to share that, but it's really strange, and I know that I'm probably... Who knows? Maybe I'm not the only one that this happens to, but it seems like it's a little communication tool. Some people two-way journa- jour- um, journal, and this is kind of the thing that I ends up being how the holy spirit sometimes gives me chapters of my life um and so if i can get to it i'll share that because it's so super true in this case um okay so it's august very hot in florida by the way you can basically fry eggs on the pavement right now it's awful i'm not a summer person either i really love fall I don't think I'm cut out for Florida, um, and uh, I love the people. I love my people here in Florida, but, man, the weather is just terrible. A reminder to my listeners that if you hear a dog bark or you hear strange scratching or jumping noises, you're either hearing you know my dog or my bunny because they're right next to me right now. Um, okay, so hot summers in Florida. My daughter's back in school. I've been taking a podcast break, but I'm starting to consider getting back active in that again. Um, So hang on to the end and I'll maybe incorporate you in that. Um, I have, even though I haven't been actively recording this podcast, I've been in some training um, videos for some of my friends. I've, I've done some kind of Bible training and I've also, I also was on a podcast uh, for Natalie Hoffman for her Flying Free group about how to study the Bible. And if you want to check that out, her podcast is called Flying Free and her website is Flying Free Now. Natalie Hoffman is her name and I'm on episode 29 and um, I'd love for you to check that out and to support her podcast. Um, what I talk about in addition to some of my story my marriage story and divorce story is I share uh, how to study, how to how to do more um, study of theology, very basic, intermediate or advanced. Just some tools that I have so far that are easy to incorporate, and and um, hope you would listen to that and let me know what you think. Okay, so I. In addition, so while I've been taking this break, I've been doing some other stuff. I'm still in seminary. I've been pretty active with that recently. I've had uh, it's kept me pretty busy. Um, but one of the other neat things that's happened over the past couple months is that I've I have gotten some emails from some of you who have listened to the podcast and have sent me your stories. One of them I printed out today because I'm not going to share personal details, but I'm going to share some of what she said about her own church journey. Because the first topic I want to hit on is what it feels like when you it, when you start to undergo spiritual growth. It's it's definitely not easy um, to do that and. So her email really kind of prompted me to start thinking about this. And, and she gave me a few different points. But the first one was, I'll just go through them and give you some, um, some feedback on each of them. But one of the things that she said is, I no longer view people as merely sheep or goats. I see everyone as created in the image of God. And when she says sheep or goats, she's referring to a passage in Matthew 25, uh, verses 31 to 46. And it's in a section that my NRSV Bible calls the judgment of the nations. And it's probably one that sounds familiar because the way that it ends is that he, he separates people, some people from other people. And... He says it, it ends with the statement that um let me find where I want to start here. Okay, so you that are accursed depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food, I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. you know, this, this, this time when we'll be judged based on how we, you know, how, how we treated other people. Um, and, and I think it's very telling in this case, it's a great example that she's giving because her second point here is that she's, it, it makes her question her community. So, um, her second point is about this, this, concept of only being safe with people in your church and and having this insider outsider mentality and suddenly you start to question that and i think it's it's this particular verse this passage is if you think about it it, that's what these are people who think that they've done everything right that they have cared for people the way that they should have but what god's saying is No, Jesus is saying, well, the son, you know, the son of man comes in his glory and he declares. Hey, you think you've done everything right, but you didn't even comfort me when I needed it because you didn't do it to the least of these. You didn't do it for me. Um, This concept of sheep and goats, this concept of who who is who is a sheep and who is a goat? So what this, what this makes me think of is, and something I've considered a lot lately and I've said a lot lately is I think the biggest, one of, if not the biggest, one of the biggest issues we have in church today, I believe, and, and just in Christian community, I should say, is that when someone says they're a Christian, we just believe them. And that's problematic because not everyone who says they're a Christian is a Christian. And I believe this passage is is getting at that. That's one of the points of this: is is there are people who say that they are, but who aren't known by the Father. So what does that mean? I think what that means is that we, in in order to protect our community our body of christ in order to to truly protect it we have to get better at at knowing who is truly a follower of christ and who is not Uh, so that picture of a healthy community like we see in ephesians 4 which is one of my favorite passages ever um, the Ephesians 4 demonstrates that power of discernment within the body of Christ. When you, when you are, are protecting the community, you're able to withstand the attacks of the enemy. And you're able not to be um, uh, pulled apart by bad teaching. You're able to stay healthy and intact. So all of these things are coming together for me as I'm reading her email. And and just, you know, some of what we have become accustomed to or have learned or become comfortable with in churches today, Christian churches, is that once you walk in that building on a Sunday, you are safe. And that the people that are okay are the ones that are in that building. And the people that are not okay are the ones that aren't there and you're trying really hard to get them in. I think I need to say that one more time. So the people who are in the building are all okay and the people who are outside of the building are not. And you're trying, your number one goal is to get the people on the outside inside. I I find many aspects of that problematic, and unfortunately, having um, said that, I also realize that that makes other people doubt my faith. Because why would I ever, why would I ever say that the people that are outside of the church? Um, are maybe we shouldn't be inviting them in or, or that. Why would I say that the people in a church aren't safe? Because I say that because it's it's just the truth. We're, we know that in our churches today there are um, it, it, there are wolves in our midst. and the wolves can be teachers and the wolves can just be people sitting in the chairs. The wolves can be serving on serve teams and they can be on stage and they can be greeting you at the door and they can be teaching your kids and they can be asking to date your daughter and they can be doing any number of things um, anything in the church we know that it's possible that wolves are going to be in the midst of the church and that's why it's 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 so critical that we learn how to see them for what they are and when we do that we know that they shouldn't be in our midst the wolves suddenly i I don't think there's anything in scripture that tells you that when when the shepherd sees the wolf that he tries to turn it into a sheep i don't think that's what we do with wolves um but how do you know that how do you know who you can trust? And that's kind of what she's saying is how just, just trying to wrestle with the thought of the fact that people I go to services with, I can't necessarily trust them. Um, and, and you know that because of how they have reacted in different situations, for women who've been through abuse, maybe there were people in the church that didn't listen and didn't help or doubted or actually sided with the abuser. Those are things that it's all information that someone would take in and use that information to decide, I can't trust this person in church. So how do you tell? How do you tell? And, and is it wrong? Is it wrong to try to judge whether someone's a sheep or a wolf? Or goat. Well, why would we have verses like Galatians passages like Galatians five? Galatians five, fifteen through twenty three talks about um, those who live by the desires of the flesh, and those who live in the with the fruit of the spirit. So the fruit of the spirit, verse twenty two love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things, it says. But the works of the flesh are things like, in, um, verse. starts in verse uh, 19, The works of the flesh are obvious, it says, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, Idolatry, Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. So that, I mean, that's pretty clear if you see someone that lives in the flesh, meaning when you see them in life, in life, not just on sunday mornings but in life on their social media um, out in public when you interact with them and outside of the church are you dealing with someone who's angry who causes factions who quarrels who's envious licentious and pure um, causes strife jealousy or anger i may have repeated a couple of these but you get the point so someone that lives in the flesh would exhibit this type of behavior i doubt if someone exhibits this type of behavior and that's truly who they are they're not going to be doing this necessarily while they're at church services So you may not see it at church, but you have to be open to the fact that a wolf is going to come into church and act like a sheep. That's the only way they can get away with it, is to act as much like a sheep as possible for the one or so hours that they see all the other sheep. But outside of church, that's where you're able to get a better glimpse of them or The people that know them best may be some of the few people that actually see this behavior. And when you hear about it, when they're brave enough to raise it, you have to be ready to listen. So it's not judgmental to try to pick out the wolves. It's not it at all. But what I want to work back to is probably even more... um, Controversial, and that's just the fact that she's saying um, she sees everyone as created in the image of God. Well, of course, yes, we have to. We have to see everyone as created in the image of God because that's what we know happened. Humans were made in the image of God. So what else do we know about the about how we see our identity. Is there something about our identity or, or how we express our identity, how we live and demonstrate how we, um, our identity? Is there something in that that we can, take, can grasp on that will help us see the truth about a person um, outside of this whole works of the flesh versus fruit of the spirit? I think one of the major areas of growth, actually the major area of growth that I'm in right now is thinking about identity. What what does it mean to, to have our identity in Jesus Christ? And what else matters in addition to that? Um, so I had this very interesting back and forth conversation with someone recently. If you follow me on Facebook, you've probably seen it. Um, so the only thing the only thing that um, or what gets what gets us our reward. So Ephesians two nine says, that our salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done so none of us can boast about it our salvation is not dependent on works our salvation is not dependent on us being perfect our salvation is not dependent on um you know not ever sinning because we know that that's impossible i think if you even say that you're not a sinner then that's a sin and if you call out sin in other people that's also a sin right you can go on and on for hours talking about sin everyone's very willing to point out people's sins um we even you know that's a whole other it's i'm not even an expert on the subject but i can definitely point you to people who are that will show you uh, maybe what you've read in scripture about certain, you know, what you've grown to, accustomed to think of as very significant sins, that there uh, are some, a lot, there's a lot of debate in, amongst scholars about how the translations have actually captured those words. Um, it doesn't really matter in the end. I think we can get so caught up on, okay. Sin, I mean, sin matters. If you know, if you're convicted of sin, if you're, if you're, in, if you're doing something sinful and you're convicted of sin, then then that, that conviction is what drives you to change. And that conviction is it demonstrates that you are um, operating in the fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's working on you and identifying stuff in you and it's identifying works of the flesh and saying, whoa, you've got a work of the flesh here and you need to work on that let me work on that with you. So obviously as Christians, we're going to be working on on ourselves over the course of our lives to become more and more of a picture of what it's like to live in the spirit, but we're never going to be perfect. But that's, that's good because we know that we're never going to be perfect. And in fact, the only perfect one that came was Jesus Christ. And Our righteousness is based on our belief and our faith in him. Um, Our righteousness has nothing to do with how well we're able to um, maintain a sinless life. Thank God it doesn't because we would all be miserably failing at that. So when you get to the point of starting to consider what makes someone a brother or a sister in christ it becomes pretty clear that those people that are brothers and sisters in christ are the people who claim christ as their lord and savior and who who you can see through their words and actions and 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 lives that they are embracing the holy spirit that they're operating in the fruit of the spirit that they are are um have turned their lives to god uh, so you you when you are going through something like she's saying she's going through i'm reading this email from her and i'm thinking that's such a good she's making these excellent points about the discomfort of the journey of discovering more about um what it's like to follow christ it's kind of confusing at times it's a lot of growth and it causes you to doubt some of what you've been taught by human beings that process in and of itself this process of growth and asking these questions like she's she's putting in her email these things that she's going through these things that have caused her to reconsider some of what she's believed in the past it's, it's an isolating process. <clears throat> right now, there are people that are pretty famous. If you follow what they call Christian Twitter, you'll see a lot of activity going on about, you know, <clears throat> people leaving the church or deciding they aren't um, following Christ anymore. Um, there's been a lot of backlash when people say, I'm not sure of my faith I'm not sure I don't know I've got questions even using the word those words I, I, I'm i not sure I'm kind of questioning I'm questioning this That's that can also be gosh people will look at you like you have seven heads and suddenly you're not in the in crowd anymore if you've got questions but I think back about um, this concept of wrestling, you know, you rest, this, this wrestling that, um, that happens with Scripture and that, that act of wrestling with God that we see in the Old Testament. Um, it's very much applicable to this process because we are wrestling with God. We're asking questions. We're thinking through things. And in the process, he's teaching us, and he's making us stronger. That's, the, that's what happens as an out, one of the outcomes of wrestling is you do generate some muscle and some ability to withstand what might come against you. So wrestling, I don't know why we're so scared of it. It's actually a really good thing. Uh, Okay, so sheep and goats, fruit of the spirit. Um, She mentions, too, just this, this isolation as losing your voice or not being seen. And her realization that, you know, sometimes it's enough to know that God does see us and God does hear us. And that's absolutely true. Um, although it's not always, it's not easy. You know, it's it's it's. It gives us wonderful peace to know that no matter what we're going through and how hard it is, how isolated we feel from other people, that he's that God's with us. Um, but I would I I I would encourage you too, in those moments to continue to pray for God to put people in your life that will come alongside you and and help you get your voice back and help you to be in a place where you feel like you're seen again so a lot of times when you go through some kind of a really painful or traumatic experience that causes you to also be change churches or need to find a different community for some reason when you go through this type of a process whether or not it's related to some even some kind of pain maybe you're just starting to feel like you're not in the right place you're not in the right community um, there's so much guilt associated with looking for a new community but the good news is that to the extent you're focused on what matters which is what matters is finding a community where christ is prioritized and it's not things are not prioritized more highly than an individual relationship with him the good news is when you find another church you're still in the body of christ i think we get sometimes so caught up in that particular environment that we're in or that church that we're in that we feel like we've Left. If, if we leave that church, we've left the church. If we leave that church, suddenly we're out in no man's land. The good news is, like she's saying, we're, we're not ever in no man's land. God is with us. He does see us. He does help us. He does speak to us. We just have to open, ask for his eyesight, ask for his hearing, ask for his heart, start to see what he would have to see ask him to put people in our lives that are going to help us make the journey and just be willing to see our lives as christians as a journey that it's not always going to be comfortable we're not always going to be at a four-star hotel we're going to sometimes be in a tent um out in the wilderness somewhere without a bathroom (laughs) so sometimes it's it's isolating and sometimes it's not Uh, but this isn't What we're moving toward is not anything that we have here on earth. It's not even comparable. So this concept of repentance, I think we get stuck on sometimes. And it's becoming very clear to me. And it was one of the blessings of attending a service I did this past weekend. When the rabbi talked about repentance um, and he it, it, it was a, So it's been a concept in my head. And, and when he mentioned it, I was so thankful because it, it was one of these things that I have been considering. Do we have this definition of repentance wrong? Because often it's, it's repenting from a specific sin, right? So when we think of repentance, we think of a sin that we are no longer doing. We, we've decided it's something is sinful in our lives and we're giving it up the concept of repentance i think is much larger than that i i think it's it's it really is is just turning our lives turning away from the world and turning toward god that's what it that's what i think it means so i've been considering that and when i sat and the service on saturday one of the things that he talked about and i'll link it in the notes is is that is is how repentance means even if you're a believer like you go to church so you're one of these um even like a like she said earlier a sheep or a goat i don't care you're you're following you're following the motions you're 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 one of these goats you're going to church um you're doing the right things in regard to how you how you go through these religious motions right but you're living in the you're living in and of the world he he as he was demonstrating this uh in the front he he was walking he said okay god's over there And it's like you're walking in the other direction. So you've got your back to him, but your head's looking over your shoulder. like You're still looking at him, but you're not facing him. You're walking away. You're taking steps away, but you've still got him in your periphery. You can still kind of hear him back there. You're still doing most of the stuff, but that's not your focus. Your focus is on what's ahead of you, and he's not ahead of you. He's behind you. And when you repent you completely turn around and you're facing him and you're walking toward him instead of away from him and everything you do is with him as your focus and i thought that was so powerful because it's it's true it's true in my situation that's what happened to me i felt like i was doing the right things i was going to church i've always gone to church but my focus my focus in life was not God. My focus sometimes was making sure I went to church, but it wasn't on God. It was going to church. And my focus was more of, of things that were happening in, in my life that I felt deserved my focus. So my marriage, my career, my child, right? My family, all of that. Um, that's really what I was focused on. And I kept looking over my shoulder back there at God and just acknowledging him, but not facing him. So if we looked at repentance in terms of whether we're facing God or not, I think that would make a huge difference. That's what repentance is. Because when someone is, has done something harmful to another person and they're asked to repent, the real issue sometimes is not that they, that they stop a behavior. The real issue is that they have to orient themselves to God that their heart is hard and they're operating in the flesh and not in the spirit and stopping one behavior isn't going to suddenly soften your heart the presence of christ is going to soften your heart god softens hearts he's in the heart softening business that's nothing that we accomplish on our own But what if we stop just saying, hey, that behavior is sinful, so stop doing it. Instead of that, we just focus on, is the person facing God? If they're facing God, that's what matters. That's what matters. After all, it is when we are facing God that he starts to work with us on that personal level. That's what we want. We want that to happen in our lives and in other people's lives. What would happen if, as a church, we just focused on that, on on getting people to face God and letting the rest of the stuff not take up so much of our focus? Could we stop excluding people because of their, quote, unquote, lifestyle? Could we stop excluding people because of their race could we stop excluding people because of their gender could we stop excluding people because of their social class could we start to focus on god together could we start to become better at recognizing when people are doing that and when they're not and they're putting the community in danger can we get them out of the community and if you're sitting in a community that's not healthy do you have the strength to leave? Going through this process is not easy and, and sometimes you just put it off sometimes you kind of get a glimpse that it's happening but you just decide it's not the right time to deal with it I totally get that So I'm not even going to get to a part of this I'll... I'll talk about it maybe next time but i want to say um just in closing because i'm now almost at 40 minutes i'm going to tell you something really funny and that is that over the years what i've realized is that i i like to set up domains <laughs> and i've had different little you know businesses or my coaching business or whatever over the years and i feel like i get domain names from the holy spirit and it's been i could go i could do a whole podcast on this and it sounds really bizarre but i'm telling you the absolute 100 percent truth of what happens like I, I get these domain names in my head and it's been a journey of domain names for example so i'm going to give you one example my very first domain name was journey to wellness as a health coach and there was a number two journey number two wellness and I literally got that that domain name, Driving to Work, one day. And it came out of the blue. Like, it was so totally not in my own head. And I thought, gosh, that's a that's kind of a neat thought. Okay. And, and, and I got it. I, it's just on my mind. I couldn't get it out of my mind. So I said, okay, God, I'm going to get to work. I'm going to park in the parking lot. I'm going to check GoDaddy. If that domain is available, I will get it. And I thought it's kind of perfect, right? Because it's journey to wellness. There's a number two, and that means me and working with somebody to find their journey to wellness. Well, it turns out a year or so down the line that my revelation was, revelation? Yes, was that it wasn't me, it wasn't me helping another person. That season of journey to wellness was God started taking me on a journey with him toward my own wellness. <laughs> that was the beginning of a journey for me. Now, in the course of that, yeah, I worked with people and I, I think I helped them. So I'm all thinking the journey too is me and other people. but But then I suddenly realized that in this period of time of this domain... That's what was happening. Like I, I, was literally on a journey with him. And and uh, there have been a couple more, but the one, this one, clarity unleashed. I felt like God was doing something new, and that I was, I was thankful. I, I was really thankful at being in this position of having come through some some extreme difficulties in my life and and getting some some um, getting to a better place in my in my career like like leaving one career into this new season leaving a marriage into a new season moving um some person other you know personal issues that i had been through that i had become really clear on and gained clarity and just this idea of you know what happens next when you get this clarity and you're able to to unleash it on the world when God gives you clarity and you're able to do something with it in the lives of other people and help them. How amazing is that? Clarity unleashed. That's what came to me. Is that that, that clarity that God gives us. And then in the, the power of our testimony and in our lives, we're able to unleash that. Well, when I when I think about now, having had that domain out there for about a year... I can see that I'm on my own clarity journey still. <laughs> Even though I thought I was getting pretty clear, I realize I'm I'm still I'm still gaining clarity. It's like we get a li- we get a few more steps down the road and we get some more and we get that that keeps lighting our path, right? Which is ex- so that's what I realized today. I'm doing an assignment for school and as I'm writing this journal entry, I realize that Psalm 119.105 about his word um, is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. That's, our, that's, that's how he clears our path, how he gives us clarity and how he encourages our forward momentum. He shows us that one step and we, we have to bravely take a step in that. And that light kind of follows us and it keeps illuminating that next step. And to the extent we keep stepping forward, our path becomes more and more illuminated and we go further and further. And I suddenly realized, man, this clarity, I wonder how long this domain is going to like be my domain because how long am I going to be on this clarity journey? But it's so fascinating to me how... You know, you get to these points when you think you've got most of stuff figured out and then you realize you, you really don't. He was just preparing you to be able to get to the next level. So encouragement to you guys that have stuck through this podcast and are listening and, and those of you who are going through similar clarifying experiences in your life. Um, that is one of the things that I do. So in addition to podcasting, and blogging which i need to get back into um i do i love to talk to women one-on-one and just help you help you get more clarity about your own situation if that's something you're interested in let me know and uh i guess i will end it here i wanted to say you know i'm already 41 minutes into it let me just say real quick Cause it's the same thing. It can't really be another another podcast. This is the same topic. I went to a church service a couple of weeks ago. My friend Vicky was uh, giving the message. I was really excited to hear her, and she talked about how when you're in a, you feel like you're in a box. How you need the process of getting out. If you feel boxed in, what the process is like to get to get out of that box, and how important it is to. do that and as i was listening to her that day i was thinking thank god i've gotten out of that box i was in and so as i'm listening to her thinking this is a really good message and i'm so thankful i'm out of that box and now a few weeks later i think it's been like three weeks i realize i i did get out of one box but i'm still in this other box (laughs) so I think she was talking to me I didn't think she was but I guess she was because there is this other box that I've been in and um, it's been similar to discovering that I needed to get out of a destructive relationship my marriage was destructive I needed to get out of it I recognized I, I didn't have a voice in it any longer that I I had to repress my voice and my presence in order to make things even remotely livable and that that wasn't something i could do long term because i I had to be able to share my thoughts and dreams and passions and um, ideas and opinions and you know all the normal stuff right all the normal stuff that you share with your partner um I wasn't able to and I knew that I couldn't stay like that. Well, that experience of regaining my voice has now led me to this place where I realize I'm once again in a spot where I may not have my voice again and if I decide as a woman if I decide to stay in the evangelical church I can't use my voice to the extent that I would like I'm not able to use my gifts to the extent that I want to and I can't express myself in the same ways right? Um, unfortunately so that means I am in a box and that I do need to get out of the box in order to move forward in my purpose and in my calling. So I think, you know, it's a box after a box after a box, and the goal is to just keep moving forward and allowing God to continue to light our paths and look to him for answers and surround ourselves with people that will help us do that. Uh, I encourage you to not give up, to keep trying to find people that will support you in your growth there's nothing scary about growing closer to God and God is more powerful than any problem that we have or any doubt that we have any um, anything that's happened that's changed our perspective of him that doesn't mean that he's changed Um, he is everything good he's life and and He is the one that gives us our purpose and our calling and that loves us with just the most unconditional love possible. Um, When we set our identity in him, nothing else matters to him. When God looks at us and sees Jesus Christ in us, when God looks at us and knows that his son died for us and that we have the Holy Spirit, we, we are temples to the Holy Spirit that's what he sees. Nothing else matters. And I think when we walk in in that, I'm not saying it's easy, but it makes things easier. It makes us more confident. I just encourage you to keep walking forward and to continue to pray for God to light your path forward. And pray. I just pray that you would ask for his eyesight and his hearing and his heart to continue to give you um, the vision and the hearing and the heart for the people that He's placed in your lives, and that you would actively seek someone to mentor you in your faith. That if you have have a um, have a desire in your heart to ask somebody, can I, you know, have coffee with you? Can I meet with you? I want to talk to you about your faith. I want to want to ask you about your spiritual journey. I, I want to know if I can, you know, just work with you a little bit on that if you could give me some insight and help me with some accountability and just help me brainstorm what my purpose might be and what my gifts are. Find someone who will do that for you. And then find someone that you can do that for. You don't have to you don't. You don't have to have a special degree to mentor people. Um, you just have to to do it from 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 you know from a good place from from a very um, spiritual place for the the right reasons and being ready to listen and engage with them and and focus on what matters and look at scripture together and talk and and even sometimes disagree and and know that it's safe uh, in that kind of a relationship i would just love to hear from you even some of that experience that you've had with other people or if you feel like that's missing in your life i I would like to know if there's a gap that i can help fill i would love to do that Um, and i guess that's how i will end today Thank you so much for listening this is a longer episode than i intended but i guess you figured that out about me by now and i'd love to actually commit to doing some shorter episodes on very specific topics so as i'm re as i'm kicking this off again for the season if you guys could send me a few topics that would be amazing i would love to talk to about them and maybe gear some shorter lessons around them i'd love that i think that would be amazing So until then, love you guys. Talk to you soon.